start to put tension on my string drawback, I was like, okay, I'm gonna it. It's him. You can look at the horns when he's dead. I'm, I'm in, you know, in the zone. Let the arrow go is perfect. Uh, when they lose their front shoulders, yeah, you start, yeah, that's how you know. You're listening to the White Cat Outdoors podcast, bringing you to the table where we talk about the outdoors. What's going on, guys? It work. It does. It totally works. It does. 100%, Tom. You have to. You got to do it. Come on. Oh boy. Well, while Tom's drinking that, it's episode 88, you said, Nick? 88. Yep. We're getting closer and closer to 100. We're getting excited about it. So keep sending in your ideas to us of what you guys want to hear about for the special episode number 100. That wasn't even close, Tom. It bounced right off the lid. It totally didn't. Uh, well, I guess I'm going to throw it to Nick. What are, we ta- what are we doing tonight? Nick, oh, and Tom's also here. You guys probably heard his voice already. But Yeah, he was busy drinking. Yeah. So... <clears throat> This has been a rough year for us when it comes to uh, food plots. Uh, I think Tom and I, uh, we got a, maybe got a little bit of a two-headed start, uh, and then, which typically would be okay, but we had a really, really, really wet summer in this area, mm-hmm. and our food plots did not turn out the way we'd like them to. July was terrible. It rained like yeah, it was, 22 it was days in July. spring, it basically. It was bad. Stupid. So anyways, our food plots didn't really turn out the way we wanted to. Our corn was almost a bust uh it just all of our food plots didn't turn out the way we'd like them to and you know typically they are really nice but just didn't work out so we wanted to emphasize that just because food plots don't work out doesn't mean you don't have food on your property not to say that our food plots didn't turn out at all they're just not not to white cat standards exactly but we still have plenty of food that's uh, naturally on the property and that's what we're here to talk about tonight because either you didn't plant food plots this year, which is a-okay, or if you, like us, got a lot of rain and your food plots didn't turn out the way you wanted them to, don't panic because there's other food sources all over the property you hunt. So, yeah, that's what we're going to be talking about today, Frank. I, I can't wait to talk about it. It's going to so, be wild. I guess we'll just start because uh, it changes throughout the season, so early season for me, even if my food plots turn out really good, I'm apples. A, I was going to say, I'm a apples. huge apple guy. Yeah. All about apples. So if you are lucky enough to have, you know, crab apple trees or you have an apple orchard, mm-hmm. um, that's a huge food source for early season. Uh, I mean, I know right now our apple trees are loaded. Yeah. Which means harsh winter. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you follow the old almanac. Yeah. Tom, do you, you like apple trees? I know Tom's got some... Yeah. Plenty of spots where he hunts apples. Early season archery, big apple guy. Um, and believe it or not, even late season rifle, I'll still go back and hunt the apples. Uh, mid-season, not so much. More of an acorn guy. Mid-season. Well, so I haven't done much late season on apples. Is it? Do you find like in areas where there's a lot of apples just on the ground underneath the snow or what? No, apples still hanging on the tree because especially if you get you know a foot or two of snow, that covers all of the food that is on the ground so they have to start 
going up. And if there's still apples left on the trees, then I've had, I've actually shot a doe. This was two, three years ago out of an apple orchard, um, watched her eat her last apple and at least you let her have her last meal. Yeah, it was, I was kind of thoughtful about it, I guess, but yeah, it was, you know, we had probably a foot and a half, two feet of snow and all the corn had been cut at this point and really the only food left was browse and apples and if there's apples they're probably going to take apples over browse because yeah definitely but that's another thing we're going to touch on is browse yeah, yeah i definitely want to talk about browse but a little bit more on apples like it's like we planted a bunch of apple trees up in climber because that's like a a food plot basically is what you're planning only it's something you don't have to replant every year you're gonna get those not you have different apple crops every year but you're gonna have apples every year and when yeah. you plant apples or if you have crab apples on your property it's just basically like having another food plot that you don't have to worry about so you much really every you year. don't maintain it like once it's established it's done yeah especially like if it's just like old crab apples in the woods you don't have to do anything at all with that but if you have an apple orchard you'll prune, you'll prune it. it a little prune bit it, maybe spray some seven on it kill the bugs yeah but, but for the most part it's a very very low maintenance food source that you don't have to worry about much yeah. i mean we're going on eight years that we've been like driving up to hunt this property but it's been 15 20 years uh since it's been hunted with our family mm-hmm. and we've never done anything with the apple trees that are on no. that were already there and yeah. every year yeah i think almost every year somebody's killing off of apples mm-hmm. and it's just it's easy work yeah another thing is what what do they say deer only care about the ground to what 12 feet it's up like 10 to 12 yeah 10 to 12 feet up well you're not going to find an apple tree much taller than that yeah um and if i don't I'm not going to say every apple orchard, but most apple orchards are pretty thick themselves with mm-hmm. a lot of undergrowth. Um, so they make really good habitat for deer to just hang out in. Yeah. So scrapes. Yeah. Holy a lot scrapes. of scrapes. The best, one of the best places I've found, I like to put cameras on scrapes and apple orchards because like you said, the branches are so low. There's so many good licking branches. Every tree has a scrape underneath of it. We have one in particular. What did we count? What six scrapes around? It, this is like the grandfather yeah. of all crab apple trees. Yeah, it's huge. It's like might be fourteen foot. <laughs> it's no, but like, it's, it's very or, no. It's a very I know the canopy is enormous. Diameter is yeah, huge. there was six scrapes, and they weren't one on top of each other. They yeah. were they were spread, spread out. out. It's a huge tree. Yeah, but a lot of scrapes in the rut. But I yeah, guess so the, that's something that brings them to it. Just not even worrying about the food. It's for scrapes, licking branches, and that it's just the perfect all-around thing. Yeah, great. And they're it's typically pretty thick in and around apple orchards, mm-hmm. so you know deer feel comfortable moving in there during daylight hours. You're not going to have action the last 15 minutes like you would sitting a field edge. You're going to have consistent action. I don't want to say all day long, but you're more likely to catch them moving a half hour before dark rather than like you said on a field edge where they're coming in right at dark because back in the woods wherever you may be a lot of times apple orchard not apple orchards but like crab apple orchards are on the edges of swamps Mm -hmm. so you'll catch them coming out of the swamp to get into the apples an hour before daylight they they feel perfectly safe in that stuff yeah because with you know two bounds they're back into cover yeah and that's what, what we have situ- or, or set up with almost every apple tree is within 30 yards of the swamp. Yeah. 
um, all the way around, but mm-hmm. you can hunt apples on pretty much any wind actually, which is nice. Like there's apples all the way. We own what three sides of the swamp mm-hmm. and there's apples all the way around it. And you can, at any wind you can hunt them. effectively hunt them. Yeah. What were you saying, Tommy? I don't know where I was going earlier, but another thing I want to mention is if you have an apple orchard in between bedding and a field edge, they make really good transition areas, mm-hmm. which um, we don't have that so much at Climber. Mm-mm. Most of our apple trees are back into the woods. Like right on the swamp. Right yeah. on the edge of the swamp. Mm-hmm. But there is places that I hunt where it's bedding, apple orchard, field. And it's a transition area or staging area, whatever you want to call it. Mm-hmm. But those are really good spots for evening sits. Catch them, you know, in daylight hours before they come out into the field. Yeah, especially during the early season when they're using the like bean fields, especially really heavy right before they turn brown and stuff. They usually flock to the fields in the early archery season. So if you can hit those transition areas early in archery season you have a lot better chance of killing a deer rather than sitting on that field edge. Yeah, you're definitely more likely to get daylight visuals. What what I was going to say, backtracking a little bit, is when we were talking about how a lot of times apple orchards, or not apple orchards, crab apple patches are on the edge of swamps. And I forget who I was listening to, but it definitely correlates to this because they were saying when they are looking for scrapes they don't really get too excited unless you see a scrape within a hundred yards of bedding I, mm-hmm. I was talking to you and grandpa about that because grandpa was telling us about the those all those scrapes that were on the edge of the corn yeah and i told him i was like i think they're all nighttime scrapes because they're on the edge of the open field mm-hmm. and it, we got into that conversation with him for quite a while and we we're like yeah you're probably right and so mm-hmm. yeah if you have apple orchard right off the edge of bedding a lot of scrape activity, likely you're going to have deer hitting those scrapes in daylight hours because they're comfortable going to them because they're so close to bedding. That's We ought to uh, get our buddy Keith back on for a scrape hunting episode just because like Keith's killed a lot of bucks on scrapes. And that's one thing I have. I use scrapes to pick out where I'm going to hunt, and but I don't... I don't think I've ever killed like a target buck off like while he was laying a scrape, which Keith tends to do. That's like kind of his bread and butter during hunting season. So I have to get him on. I had the opportunity to do that last year. Um, I mean, I've watched plenty of bucks, 10 a scrape that I was hunting, but I've never personally been lucky enough. Like, you know, dad last year, his buck he killed came right off the scrapes we located. Mm -hmm. And I just, I haven't done it myself, but I'd like to talk to somebody that targets that. Like, I mean, Keith sets a lot of, cause he doesn't, he hunts a lot of public ground or like knock on door permission property that he can't put food plots on. Yeah. So natural food sources is his bread and butter and scrapes is also another thing he really targets in on. Mm-hmm. I used to do that a lot a couple years ago up at our one property that I almost exclusively hunted scrapes back. It was like right off the edge of an apple orchard, a crab apple orchard, way back in the woods. It was really far back. And I always had a camera on this one really big community scrape and the, I found my target buck in a different place, but I, it was kind of on his path. I was like, I feel like he's probably going to be using this area and probably hitting the scrape. So I set up on it a lot 
and I never got eyes on him. But like I said, I always I always had a camera on it. And the one day I was at work, actually, it was like noon. He came through and tended that scrape. And I never, never saw him again that year. And then I didn't get any visuals of him the next year until I got him tending another scrape about 20 yards from that one uh, after archery season, actually. And then that was the buck Dave killed uh, in rifle. Oh, the old split tine buck, huh? Yeah. Yeah, that was was, a stud. Yeah, it was was in the 150s. It was a big, big deer. Big deal. Um, Next early season food source that I just picked up on this last year um, is, uh, like, if you have small, like, sapling maple trees, the leaves... For whatever reason, I, I don't know. I've never really heard anybody talking about it. But last year, I really noticed um, maple leaves. For whatever reason, the deer love when they're because it's kind of browse, but it's not because I noticed they're targeting the maple trees. Because like you, you can watch a doe come through brush or something, and they're they're constantly yeah, eating they things everywhere. Eat. But I watched several does and even small bucks hitting maple leaves and not like dried up ones on the ground. Like if it was freshly fallen, they would eat it, but mostly green maple leaves were huge that I saw early Hmm. season last year. I don't know. I I just took note of it because like I noticed it was like the same tree was the first, like first it was like probably the second week into the season. I noticed that there was three or four doe at different times came to the same tree. What kind of maple? I don't know. I don't know my maple trees enough. Hmm. Um, I don't, mm-hmm. it was, but it was definitely a maple. Yeah, is this out at the farm? Yeah, I know most of the maple trees out at the farm are. I don't know specifically, but they are soft maple. Okay, mm-hmm. so maybe that has something to do with it. But either way, like I watched at different times, three or four different doe show up at, to that tree and eat leaves off of it. Like so, hmm. I don't. It wasn't like they were browsing around and happened to knit, like they would almost target like a, that tree. almost like an apple tree. That's what, what I noticed was like, holy shit, that's. As if it were an apple tree. They were coming in and targeting maple leaves. That's weird. I, I don't think I've ever really noticed that. But, again, I I haven't you really paid attention it, yeah. to it because that's not something that you typically typically think of, that the deer are going to come right to that. Yeah. And I don't Unless know. it's like an immature buck and you just planted that tree and he wants to rub the shit but, out yeah. of it and completely destroy it. <laughs> They're pretty but, good at that. So uh, it was actually uh, – I noticed it when uh, the one – the small food plot we have around an apple tree – so one of my top early uh, early season stands, there's a, two apple trees, and then we have a food plot around the bases of them. Mm-hmm. Well, I was noticing a lot of the action back in the woods earlier. In the like, you, I would see deer hour and a half, two hours before dark mm-hmm. back in the woods, and they were hitting the same maple tree hmm. and eating there before they would make it out to the apple tree. Yeah, because it was right on the edge of their bedding. So mm-hmm. something I. I probably there was probably more deer that were doing. It, I just didn't notice it, but it took a few of them like watching the same trail. They'd stop, eat there, and continue. I was like, "Wow, like, mm-hmm. wonder what's going on over there." Yeah, so I wonder if it was more eating or like a community. They were scent I mean, checking. I don't know. They were. It looked like they were eating it. Like I could see green leaves just hanging because I had my binos. Like I was watching it like it was right in front mm-hmm. of me. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never seen that, but uh, like. We put that hinge cut in mm-hmm. up yeah. at the headquarters, and that creates a lot of browse, which I've had deer stand in one spot for like 20 minutes just eating every bud and leaf. In I think browse are like one of the most overlooked things when it comes to hunting. Like people, and we do it too, we spend a lot of time on food plots, but 
if you ever watch a deer walk through the woods, no matter where they are, their head is always turning. They're always chewing. They're always eating something, yeah. no matter what. So if you find a spot where there's certain things that they like or just an abundance of browse, or like you said, we put the hinge yeah, cut in. You can in. create an abundance of browse by putting in a hinge cut, Yeah, which costs no more than a couple fuel bucks can of fuel. Gas. Yeah. Yeah, if you have the chainsaw. Yeah. But I, last year I had a camera uh, on our property. that It just got logged before my dad bought it. And there was a fallen tree, and I actually screwed a camera to the tree, and it was just looking through, like, a lot of browse. Mm-hmm. And I had... Yeah, I helped you hang <clears> that camera. Yeah, tons of video of deer, like, and I could hear them just, like, chewing on stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. Every time they come through there, and, like, you could see it, like, when you walk in, like, everything was chewed out through there because they're yeah. just eating everything. Mm-hmm. Um, those little, uh, I think it's called jewelweed. Deer love that for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. That's like, I don't know, if you remember... Is the poppers? Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. If you remember when you were little... Yeah, those little pods that you'd pull off plants and poke them and they pop. Those are jewelweed. And the deer love those too. I don't mm-hmm. don't know why, but there's an abundance of it on our property and the deer seem to love the leaves. So, but, oh, go, go ahead. ahead. No, you no go I ahead. was going to say bless you to Frank, but it wasn't a sneeze. Yeah, I was burping. My bad. Go ahead, Tom. I was just going to get on to uh, oak nuts and hazelnuts, chestnuts. Are we going to do this? Do what? <laughs> Calling them oak nuts? Yeah, oak nuts. They look like a nut. They are a nut. Okay. What's the difference between a nut and a corn? Acorn. It's acorn. Just one one corn. What's the difference between a nut and one corn? I think it's an acorn. Acorn? Acorns, oak nuts, acorns, all the same thing. Tomato, tomato. (laughs) But if you get a good acorn crop, and this has happened up at our big camp before, where it's useless hunting the food plots because and i think we've touched on this before but there's just so many acorns out in the woods that the deer feel no need to come out into the field before it gets dark well i think we have a special property there too that the entire timber is loaded with white oak yeah i mean you can't yeah you don't get that really around here no most anywhere really i mean i mean we're talking a substantial chunk of timber yeah that's acorns everywhere and it's all white oak mm-hmm. which the deer prefer over the reds in case yeah. you didn't know but like tom said it was like marbles walking through the woods it was ridiculous yeah you could roll an ankle walking on flat ground tripping over acorns the, the, like our our tractor trails and stuff to get to the food plots in the timber absolutely loaded like literally rolling ankles trying to walk around it was ridiculous that's crazy and we totally abandoned food plots that year because it was and it's not pointless. that the deer weren't coming out to the fields or to the food plots, they weren't coming out during daylight hours. Mm-hmm. They would stage up in the acorns, stay there until well after dark, and then once it was dark, they'd feel comfortable to come out into the field. But I think they just figured, why go out into the field mm-hmm. before dark when there's all this food right here? I think acorns are overrated. You ever taste one? Tastes like shit. Yeah, they're pretty nasty. Yeah, but the deer seem to like them. I don't know. If if I don't like it, deer ain't gonna I'm like not it. hunting it. That's actually a good point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Write that down. <laughs> <laughs> but if you if you're lucky enough to have chestnuts, I read an article the other day and I don't know how they figure this out, but they said deer prefer chestnuts over acorns a hundred to one. Yeah, well, that sounds like a pretty easy statistic to figure out. They put one hundred acorns out and one chestnut out and let a deer walk out there and pick. 
I don't think that's that's not what I was going. You go that's ex- pile of acorns, does that not make pile sense? of chestnuts, hundred deer get released. Nope. And only one of them went to the to the acorns. No. But the thing acorns, is, acorns, one chestnut. I don't know where all of our listeners are hunting, but In around the woods, here, typically. we don't have very many chestnut trees. Mm-hmm. So if you're fortunate enough to have a chestnut tree, the deer are gonna love it. And I highly suggest planting some chestnut trees, which we planted. I don't know, like a hundred or so chestnut mm-hmm. trees this year, and actually they are. Uh, uh, what's the terminology? They bear nuts relatively soon. Their balls drop. Yes, compared to the acorns. Yeah, I think what, it's like five to ten years. Yeah, Ooh. it's not long. My dad's been talking about chestnut trees for a long like, time. Your he's dad been, was the one that turned us on to it. Yeah, it he's like, been all about chestnut trees for a long time and he's been planting a lot of them all over the place and yeah they definitely I, I don't I, I think it is like five years that they will start bearing nuts yeah That's which pretty neat uh, oak tree it takes longer 10 to 15 years before mm-hmm. they're bearing nuts yeah so you get a Are, lot more productivity a lot quicker out so of the this is my ignorance if so acorns don't always like oak trees don't always produce acorns every year are chestnuts the same way, or do they produce every year? I couldn't tell you. I I don't okay. know of a mature chestnut tree to check that I've ever hunted. Yeah, I don't really know of any mature nut, chestnut yeah, trees <clears throat> that I've for, hunted either. You know how it is, like with oak trees. Like some years they produce, some years they don't. And it's mm-hmm. not that they they don't, don't produce. It's, it's that some it's, years are wildly better than others yeah, and yeah. it's it's, it's the not same like, with like apples i'm sure i mean, would imagine it's the same with chestnuts i guess it probably yeah because pretty apples, much any tree is like that or any plant you know one I guess year it's magnified with oak trees because there's so, so many, many nuts compared to apples yeah um, but like look if you look at like black walnut it's not trees like apples to oranges it's more like apples to nuts exactly but if you look at like black walnut trees we have those all over the place oh yeah and some years because a lot of them are like along roads and stuff. People plant a lot of them by the roads for some reason. But like if you drive by a black chestnut tr- or uh, black walnut tree, like the road is completely covered in nuts some years, and then other years there'll be like one or two. Yeah. So I'm sure it's that way. On a with... Golf course where they're right by the green, and That's what was that fun? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I would imagine it's the same way with chestnuts with any other tree. Yeah, you're probably right. Just up and down years. One other, real quick here, overlooked food source that you can put on just about any property is... Natural food sources, Tom. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. You're just going to naturally put it on your property? All you got to do is mow a section of the field. So it's already there. It's already there. If you have a big high field and you mow a little section of it and get some new growth... The deer are going to be all over it. Mm-hmm. New growth is a big one that is definitely overlooked big time. I mean, you, well, I mean, just after you mow, how often, like if you're mowing a big field or something, are deer out before you're even done? I was going to say along the same lines is that, like, if you till a field, just turning up dirt, animals least, well, flock to it. It releases nutrients. Yeah, and it turns up bugs and different yeah. stuff. So, like, a lot of, like, raccoons and possums and deer, everything smells that turned up dirt. And then they want to come to it. And it's the same way, like you said, with mowing. It has some new growth, and they just want to get after it. Yeah, if you if you don't have the time or the equipment to put in a food plot, if you have a mower and just mow a section of high field and keep Even it Even a weed mowed, whacker. 
yeah, weed whacker. It, you know, it doesn't have to be a huge section, you know, just mm-hmm. even 20 yards by 20 yards is more than enough. Because a lot of the stuff they like to eat is, you know, two, three inches tall. And when it grows up a foot, it's a lot of work to weed through all that high shit to get to what they want. So if you knock it down, that helps that smaller well, stuff flourish a little bit. And that's actually one of the things Tom and I just did. One of our food plots got, with all this rain, got overrun by weeds. Tom and I cut it. Lo and behold, there's clover naturally in this in that field. We cut everything right down to the wood, mm-hmm. or to the dirt, if you will. And there's a bunch of the clover. clover so now really it's... Taken off. Even though, like, the food plot wasn't supposed to be a clover f- food plot, it is now, mm-hmm. and it is great. Yeah. So, saved so ourselves there. Good. And if you want to even make it better, you know, you mow it a couple times and then spray it with... All you got to do is spray, spray it with post, throw a little fertilizer, a little bit of lime. Beautiful clover food plot. Yeah. It's nice. Yeah. Can't you don't even wrong. need to seed. No. Mm-hmm. So that, that's about all I got for natural food sources. One thing I want, I don't have any experience with it. It's a, like a, I read an, an article about it and it's in swamps and it's called duck potatoes. Now You, you were telling me about that yes. last year and yeah. I, I didn't read about it much, but I, I did a ton of reading on it and our swamps don't have duck potatoes. Is it more of a Southern thing, Western thing where I, the article came out of like Wisconsin or Michigan, that area. Like, pretty much all we have in the swamp is like skunk cabbage. Yeah. Deer which, loves skunk cabbage. <laughs> never seen that, actually. Write an article about it, then you'll see it. Anyways, so if anybody out there hunts an area where they have duck potatoes in their swamp, I really, really, really want to hear about it because I'm curious about planting it, honestly. Like if there's a way to transplant it into our swamp, because I've so it, I've, it flourishes in really wet areas. Yeah, I've I've read articles of deer literally like swimming out into three four foot of water to get duck potatoes. Hmm. So, I I really would like to talk to somebody. Is that it knows an more. aquatic plant? Or? I think so. Kind of like uh, like dillweed or, um, like what's the the long cattails? No, it's not cattails. <laughs> the shit that grows in the water. Um, Lily like, pads. No. Silly no. pads. I don't know. Goofy pads. <laughs> no, I, I don't know what they're called, but they're like, they. it's got like little circular things that it like grows down the stem several times. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Um, I don't know what, I don't what it's called. I, don't, I, don't I know, know what, what, I can picture it. I don't know what it's called. Uh, it's green. Yeah. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, but anyways, it's similar to that. And if you have any experience with it, message us or get a hold of us or whatever because i want to talk to you about it i'd like to learn more and because i i tried finding like where you could like buy it. buy it and it's not a thing like it's an it's always a natural food source but i want to figure out if i could transplant it like mm-hmm. if i happen to be somewhere where they were if i found them could i put move in a there. cooler move it and would it take off mm-hmm. so that's the only other natural food source i, I can think of off hand Mm-hmm. Um, besides salt deposits, that's something, yeah. it's a weird thing that like, it's, you just happen to have it or you don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's um, not something that you buddy, can plan for. Yeah. Our buddy, Jared, who we should have on soon, he has a salt deposit in his yard and for whatever reason, the deer just eat up the ground right in that area. He, mm-hmm. it's a weird, I don't know. There's, it's just the dirt is high in salt. I don't know what that, how it happens Yeah. or what, or if it's a common thing that other people have picked up on. But 
it's the spot never has grass because the deer are constantly digging at it. Mm-hmm. So that was pretty neat. Yeah, that is wild. And then I actually one more thing is it's not really food, but natural water sources. Mm-hmm. Early season water sources, it's almost as good as food. Mm-hmm. I hunted several water sources. If you have little small ponds, creeks, anything like that, if you can find like if it's super hot, if you can hunt somewhere on water, mm-hmm. that's a big one. Yeah. Definitely helps. Yeah. Other than that, that, that is it. Yeah, that about wraps it up for me. I've touched on the main things that I have experience with and that I hunt yeah. early in the season. I usually do that sort of stuff in like the mid-season, I would say. Like Tom was saying, hit the acorns and stuff mid-season. That's what I'm all about. But apples are great for the early season. I'm and they're about. pretty good. I like eating apples. Yeah, that, see, that's why earlier I said I don't hunt places if I don't like to eat it because... You got to have a snack when you go in your stand. So I like if, eating soybeans, apples, pears. I don't like soybeans. I've eaten soybeans out of the field. I don't like them. Mm, pretty good. I tell you what, this little side now. I got two little side stories. Um, I was at one of them fancy Japanese steakhouses where they, you know, mm-hmm. throw the spatulas and the egg in oh, his cookout. Yeah. And <laughs> they wanted a uh, group we were with wanted, there was like a soybean like appetizer. Mm hmm. Never had it before, but they ranted and raved about it. And I tell you what, wasn't good. It was like literally, it was okay, but it wasn't any better than the soybeans I eat out of the field. It was literally the whole pod, and then mm. they were just like steamed with like salt on them. So you just like sucked a little bean out of them. Yeah, that doesn't oh. sound that. Yeah, it wasn't that impressive. Tom tried eating the whole pod. I did, I thought they were sweet peas. <laughs> I love sweet peas. They are good. These pods are much tougher than the pod of a sweet pea. (laughs) And then the other little side story is I saw a bald eagle this morning. Oh, yeah? Working on the farm. Yeah, it was pretty neat. It was That's funny you say that because DJ texted me when she was on her way to work and said that she had a bald eagle like flying above her car for like four miles on her way to work. Hmm. Yeah. I wonder if it was the same one because probably not. No, because she doesn't work in area anymore. That's true. Anyways, yeah, I was um, actually feeding cows and whatnot and on my way through i was like wow that looks like a really big turkey out in that field (laughs) and then i was like head kind of looks a little white so i hopped on the old wheeler and drove over there and got a closer look got to about like 150 yards and i was like definitely bald eagle and then he or she took off and just a incredible wingspan eagle i don't bald eagles I don't think they get appreciated for how big they really are. Yeah, they are big. I mean, they, some of them have like over a six-foot wingspan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's they're definitely a big, big bird. Get outside. Get outside. <laughs>